안녕하세요. Good morning, good morning. My dear brothers and sisters, clergy and ambassador for peace, 안녕하십니까? How was yesterday Chonbo event? It was really beautiful. Actually, I was moved by Pramada's prayer. I think, I think you need to really remind again, you need to listen again what she's talking about through her prayer. Her prayer is very much profound and very beautiful. And yesterday we had a breakfast meeting with ACLC pastors at the Minnesota Family Church. Wow, I totally surprised when I see our beautiful Minnesota Family Church really designed by uh, our second generation and our Reverend High and uh, other second generation. They are doing really excellent job. When I see all the facilities and function hall, it is really beautifully designed. I was so amazed. I hope in our movement, we can have such a beautiful church in each state. How good it is. I really so much impressed. And then this was a group photos with the key uh, ACLC ministers. And then we had the uh, Midwest ACLC Pastors Summit and Minnesota Family Church. And I gave a presentation with the title of The Regions You Should Love Your Enemy. It was uh, well accepted. And we also had a beautiful blessing ceremony at the end of the pastor summit. Uh, you know, our Joshua, <laughs> he's, he's a young guy, but I am telling you, when he become MC, MC, it completely change the atmosphere. Wow, I am proud of our Joshua. He's doing amazing MC job, not just only, you know, how to say, he really put his heart and his emotion. He knows how to touch each one of the minister's heart. Oh my God, I, I have that kind of second generation. I am so grateful. And then I was Reverend Ha and all the ACLC, our coordinators, and then many brothers and sisters came and helping. This is a Midwest ACLC pastor summit. Is a, I can see total unity. I can see what does beauty means. It is really, really beautiful. Thank you so much, you know, all our brothers and sisters who arranged the for Midwest ACLC Pastor Summit. And and today I'd like to talk about uh, again uh, women unite religions in the Middle East. Uh, you know, through mother talking about here. Okay, please have any hardy read. In the late 1960s, on our first world tour together, my husband and I visited Israel. The day we arrived was extremely hot. Israel is a small country, one-fifth the size of South Korea. It did not take us so long to visit all the sites mentioned in the Bible. As we toured, 
we reflected on why the history of this area, which seemed to us so peaceful, has always been rife with disputes, conflicts, and terrorism. The Middle East includes the Holy Land, where Jesus was born 2,000 years ago. It has been the home of eminent peoples whose flourishing civilizations led global culture. Today, however, it is marred by the bitterness of religious conflict with terrorist attacks sometimes taking the lives of innocent people. Trusting God for our safety, our Women's Federation for World Peace dove into the heart of the Middle East to build peace through reconciliation and love. From the late 1960s, unification men and women missionaries from Europe went out to countries in the Middle East, including Turkey, Jordan, Iran, and Lebanon. Some were arrested and some were deported, but others found ways to stay safe. Even so, those who entered Islamic countries that strictly forbade other faiths to proselytize risked incarceration, beatings, or worse from the authorities. Despite this, through the dedication, teaching, and service of our members, the local people came to understand them and gradually opened the doors to their hearts. By the mid-1980s, these missionaries brought eminent Muslim clergy to our Assembly of the World's Religions and Council for the World's Religions Conferences. And these clergy in turn brought Muslim citizens from the Middle East and North Africa, sometimes hundreds at a time, to attend 40-day divine principle workshops in New York in the early 1990s. Beginning in 1992, Islamic couples who were moved by the teachings of the principle, principle gratefully received the marriage blessing. Thank you, Heavenly Honey. Uh, from the beginning, uh, true parents have put their utmost effort and dedication more than anyone else for peace in the Middle East. That's why we start the, peace, the Middle, Middle East Peace Initiative. I think um, many, many American pastors and clergies and our brothers and sisters involved so much. Dr. Jenkins and Taji Hamad, all the leaders really fully invested for Middle East Peace Initiative. So our father also, the true mother here, talking about something, the Middle East Peace Initiative. From now on, I will tell you about the 40-day workshop for 40 Muslim leaders in New York Hotel. So I think uh, this is one of those uh, great uh, challenging to relate to Islamic leaders from our true parents. So let's read. The Mufti Kaftaro of Syria attended the Assembly of World Religions in 1990 in San Francisco and was inspired by what true parents were doing. True parents asked him to send 40 of his close disciples to New York to teach them. 
Taj Hamad, vice president of UPF International, was the director of the program and went to Syria and made the arrangement for them. Then 40 day workshops was held at the New Yorker hotel with 40 Muslims from Yemen under the leadership of the Mufti of Yemen. Afterwards, 40-day workshops for 40 Muslims from each of the following countries were held at the New Yorker Hotel in 1991 and 1992. Syria, Egypt, Jordan, Turkey, and Sudan. Afterwards, True Parents blessed 43 couples from these workshops during the inauguration of WFWP in the Olympic Stadium in Korea in April 10, 1992. Later, True Parents organized 40-day seminars for 40 Christians from Greece and 40 Jewish from Israel. It is a really incredible investment. You see, you know, no, not so many people want to want to touch about the Middle East area. True Parents came as the Messiah and as the Savior to embrace all mankind. Just now, you know, uh, Andrea Timen mentioned that total salvation. This is the concept of the true parents of salvation. No one missing, no religion. Everybody need to be included. Include. That is the concept of total salvation. That's why when we truly understand God is our parents, we are children of God, if we truly understand, no more war. Actually, uh, that's the way uh, to make world peace. Yeah? When we really realize fundamental truths, the relationship and uh, you know, be between God and me, parents and child relationship. You see this one, 40 Yemen workshop participants with true palace. This is a really historical photos. Thank you, Taj Hamad, all the leadership. They are the one who arranged this beautiful workshop. I can see here someone, many our leaders here, even Dr. Hendricks fought over there. Thank you. And then this also one of the historical photo part of the 43 blessed Muslim couples. Today's uh, Father's word, what is the last standard by which God sacrifices me? This very also important content, my brothers and sisters. Why we need to sacrifice? What is the last standard by which God sacrifices me? Please, Heavenly Father, read. What is the last standard by which God sacrifices me? To what extent does God sacrifice me? It is until I realize that I am the worst sinner in all of history. You need to realize that. Since I am the worst sinner, I need to be punished. I need to be judged harshly. You need to feel desperately fearful. You need to have an attitude of sincerely accepting such a desperate circumstance, not of avoiding it. And then 
you need to shed tears saying, if I die after committing this or that sin, it is too sorrowful. So if God permits me, I would like to indemnify it. If you desperately repent with gratitude, it becomes a different story. Thank you, Heavenly Honey. I'd like to mention more details, you know, what the last standard by uh, which God sacrifices me. To what extent does God sacrifice me? Father said, I am a sinner like no one in history, since I am a sinner like no other in history. I must be punished. It is until I realize that I must face a judgment that is unprecedented in history. Until I realize that I am a sinner, sacrifice and suffering will continue to follow my brothers and sisters. However, when sacrifice and, and suffering follow fallen men, everyone complains and blames others. Jesus died on the cross for history and humankind. Based on this content, I'd like to mention, you know, many people doesn't like to hear this kind of content, but that is a reality, my brother and I'm talking about reality. Does not matter you accept or not. Does not matter you like or don't like. I'm talking to you reality based on Father's word. Very important. In order for fallen humans to return to God, they need to know who I am. I need to know that I am a fallen descendant and that I need to pay indemnity in behalf of my ancestors and history because I am not just alone. I am representative of my ancestors. I am not just a really, uh, you know, single. True Father saying that there are 20,000, minimum 15,000 people to 20,000 people are helping you and following you in order to save their life from spiritual war. In behind, there are 15,000 to 20,000 people follow you. Average. That's why you are representative minimum 15,000 to 20,000 spirit from spiritual world. That's why you are not alone. This is reality, my brothers and sisters. My brothers and sisters, this is reality. I am the one who need to save them. So we need to realize that we are suffering because of the fall of a man because of the nail in the heart of God, how long will the sacrifice and suffering continue? Sacrifice and suffering continue to come to fallen man until he realizes that he is a sinner. When I am proud of myself, I do not realize that I am a sinner. And I 
keep trying to run away from sacrifice and suffering and blame others for everything. The journey of a sacrifice continues until fallen man realizes that God is a truly all sorrowful God. This is reality. And then many people are saying, oh, you need to have a positive concept, positive concept, positive attitude. They just want to make happiness for all their life. Their life wants to be comfortable. They don't want to relate to any kind of sacrifice and hardships and suffering. You know, even though some suffering come and they want to digest through their own way, through the positive thinking. I am telling you, that kind of sermon, that kind of story, just only temporarily make you happy, just die, just gone away very soon. You need to know the reality. You need to know the, what is the fundamental truth. What is the main problems? Why, a, uh, why am, am I a historical sinner? It is because I am the fruit of the sins of the Bible, 6,000 years in history. Not only because of individual sins, but because of my lineage has the sins of all my ancestors as well. The sin of all sins is not knowing God's sorrowful heart. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, important point. Therefore, do not think about going to heaven. Father say very clearly, do not think about going to heaven. Since I am the sin of all sinners, think that it is natural for me to go to the hell. Think that I, who does not have tears for heavenly parents, must go to the hell. Among the people who struggle to go to the heaven, so far, none of them have gone to heaven because of motivation just for their own self. The people who realized that they were sinners and went to hell for any sin and forgave everything and tried to comfort the sorrowful God eventually went to heaven. This is the reality, my brothers and sisters. Believe in Jesus, believe in God and enter the kingdom of heaven. This is completely different, different from the reality. Father, teach us very clearly. Centering on your own motivation, I try to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's why I go to church. That's why I sacrifice. That's why I live for the sake of others. Everything centering on your own motivation, it does not matter. I cannot relate to real kingdom of heaven. You know, to enter the kingdom of heaven, First of all, you need to realize who you are. You need to realize I am a sinner of the sinners. I am the one who hurt God's heart the most. This is the reality. Hmm? That's why do not blame just Adam and Eve. Do not blame central figures throughout human history. Do not blame my neighbor. Do not blame any uh, people, my own spouse and husband and children, environment and political world. 
If you blame something, blame your ancestor, blame your neighbor, blame your spouse, then delay your indemnity. And then pass to your descendant. We need to know that. We need to know that I am our historical offering. Historical offering. I am not alone at all. That's why I am the one who need to pay all the indemnity and price on behalf of my tribe, on behalf of my ancestor, on behalf of an uh, entire you know uh, providential figures, including even Adam and Eve. If we know that from the reality, I am the one who need to pay all the indemnity willingly, happily, joyfully. This is the way to really go back to God's bosom. This is the way to comfort God's heart, console God's heart. My brother senses this. This is reality. I don't want to get any stress. I just make happy through the positive thinking, positive thinking, this and that. That's fine. However, how much it relates to God's heart? How much relate to your ancestors? How much relate to those who are suffering in Africa, in India, in some way? We are children of God. We cannot separate. Everybody should be God's blood lineage. We need to know that. Even though I am happy for, for the time being, but when you need to know that, on the, on the you having that kind of happy life, someone is suffering, no food, hunger, all kind of the situation. We need to know that. I am a historical offering. That's why God called me, God invited me. If I experience God's sorrowful heart, there are things I realize, very important, my brothers and sisters. If I experience God's sort of heart, there are things I realize. First, I am the sin of all sinners. I am the one who hurt God's heart the most. And unstopping tears come down. Tears and tears and tears. Who take it out, the nail from God's bosom, from God's heart? You know, if you experience God's sorrowful heart, you surely realize that I am the sin of the old sinners. Secondly, this kind of sinner, I must be punished. I will pay any indemnity. If there is a way to comfort God and console God through the pain indemnity, I will go anywhere, any front line, even hell of the hell. And that point, I will spend the rest of the, my life comforting God because human being, no one knows his reality how much he sacrificed, how much he gone through suffering, how much he is a sorrowful God. So since I realize 
God is God of sorrow. I will spend the rest of the my life, you know, to comfort God's heart, you know, to liberate God's heart. This is our true parents' attitude. They are God's only begotten son and God's only begotten daughter. They nothing deal with the sin, but think themselves. I am the sin of the all sinners. By sacrificing myself, I will liberate my family, ancestors, tribe, and country, and the world. I am the one who need to build kingdom of heaven. Not just only entering the prepare the kingdom of heaven. I am the one who build kingdom of heaven. I am the one who liberate the hell. This is the unification is the concept of the salvation, completely and totally different from other religion. We are talking about salvation, centering on God's heart. To, to truly repent for our sins, we must experience God's sorrowful heart. If we do not experience his heart, we can never repent. Why we cannot repent? Many people say, repent, repent. Jesus asked us to repent. And John the Baptist said, you need to repent. Why we cannot repent? The main and fundamental reason is we do not reach to a certain level and understand God is a sorrowful God. I repent for the sins of all central figures in history, Adam's family, Noah's family, Abraham's family, rather than blaming them. If you're blaming them, you surely make same mistake. However, you want to take responsibility? You really understand them? Then you never mistake again. I did not know the heart of God who walked the providence through Adam, Noah, Abraham, Moses, and Jesus' causes. I did not know the heart of God who is walking the providence behind true parents. I did not know the heart of God who is walking behind me. How long do we have to sacrifice and pay for our sins until God's bitter heart is relieved? This is the concept of the what? Filial sons and daughters. Heavenly Father, I willingly sacrifice until God's sorrow. God's bitter heart is relieved. This is the attitude of the filial child. Today's youth ministry, the way of thinking of those who discover the will of God. And first of all, I'd like to talk about uh, also very important guidance. What is the most difficult thing in our life of faith? What is the most difficult thing in our life of faith? 
It is easy for the poor to understand that God is the one who gives us daily bread. Wow, thank God. You know, those who are hunger, hungry, and then you get some kind of the daily bread, and then, oh, God, give me such a daily bread. It is easy for, for the ill to understand that there is nothing God cannot do. He can cure all kinds of the sickness. And when you have experience, healing experience, then hallelujah, amen, and aju, God is great, great, great. And then some case, for the financially very poor, for the financially poor, is it easy to understand him as, as the God of the blessing who gives me everything they ask for? Their understanding God centering on their own way. Each of us are in a position of knowing God will center on their own circumstances. Like so, it is really difficult to transcend one's circumstances. The most difficult thing in our life of faith is that we are unable to escape our own sphere of life. The reason we make mistakes in our life of faith is because we fall into our own situation, our own circumstances. It is really difficult to go beyond your own circumstances and discover yourself from God's position. It is fallen that it is impossible to see and understand and know, centering on God's point of view. This is the most difficult, difficult thing in our life of faith. Even though we are talking about God's sorrowful heart, through fear and suffering and hardship, difficult to, difficult to go beyond my own situation. This is a really fallen man, it's not easy to overcome. It is for anyone to fall into reality, but it is really difficult to see reality from the perspective of God's providence. So what to do? All things must be viewed based on the heart and wishes of God, therefore, we must experience the heart of God and always you need to have the self-denial. Most difficult job is what? The most difficult thing in our life of faith? Not easy to have self-denial. Self-denial. Self-denial means you need to see centering on God's point of view. Centering on parents' point of view. Fallen man, everything is self-centered. Even though we educate so much, but you have the preconception. This guy is like that. This woman is like that. This boy is like that. We have the full of the preconception. And then easy to judge people, easy to criticize people, blaming people. Oh. This fallen man already fixed our own idea, already fixed. Our preconception is very, very strong and very stubborn, very much self-centered. God cannot find any space to intervene. This 
is the most difficult thing in our life of faith. That's why our life of faith is what? To self. How to deny myself? It is not easy. Anyone can deny you also. You can meet God. You can feel God. You can feel God always with me. Wow. Self-egoism. Self-center. Or self-preconception. Very, very strong. Including me. Even though I deliver God's word. Still, go back to my own, own idea, own thinking, my own understanding. Then how Heavenly Father can, can intervene me? Wow, my brothers and sisters, I'm telling you the reality. Self-denial is really challenging. We know very well. However, in terms of the practice, this is a really not simple matter. If I really deny myself, everywhere I can feel God's presence. I can see every day incredible miracles everywhere. I can see the world. I can see my brothers and sisters' situation. I can see my nation. I can see future. I can see tomorrow. I can know my spouse's situation if I deny myself. But I cannot know. What is my spouse is doing? My, I do not know, no idea how to take care of my children. I no idea what will be happen tomorrow. No vision, no idea, no direction. Is what? What is the main reason? No self-denial. This is the most difficult thing in our life of faith. Do you agree with me? <laughs> yeah, really, really not easy. The way of thinking of those who are discovered the will of God, this is very important. Then I'm talking about the difficulties in our life of faith. And then what's the way of thinking of, of those who discover the will of God? From worldly perspective, Jesus grew up in the most miserable and pitiful family environment. It was as if he had no parents, and no brothers and sisters, he was truly lonely. When Maria received the revelation and in the beginning take care of Jesus well, how about lay down different situation? You know, Father talking about the life of Maria, how much he got so much pressure by her husband Joseph. Then she could not overcome that. Then once Holy Spirit left, oh, become very much humanistic. Treat Jesus as a humanistic way. That's right. Actually, Jesus, there is no parents, no able, no real brothers and sisters. He was truly, truly, truly lonely. That was Jesus' early life. Although Jesus was always in an, in an environment 
where he had no choice but to live with you know, pessimism. Jesus visited Israelites and saw everything from God's providential perspective. This is the point I am telling you. What's the way of thinking of those who discover the will of God? Centering on God's providential point of view, God's heart point of view. He wanted to know God's sorrow over his own sorrow. He tried to find God's heart, which is Peter's sorrow, over his own injustice. Conclusion is, was the way of thinking of those who discover the will of God? Those who have the heart to seek God's circumstance, heart and will with their own circumstance and sorrow as motives are those who have the way of thinking to discover God's will. Do you understand what I'm talking about? When I feel my suffering and then think about God's suffering, when I see some kind of pitiful situation, sorrowful situation, think about God's pitiful and sorrowful situation. When I see some miserable situation and think at the same time, God's such kind of situation. That's why whenever you're facing any situation, any environment, need to relate to God's situation. Nothing deal with God's will. Nothing deal with God's perspective. Then we never develop, we never grow up. That's why my brothers and sisters, what's the way of thinking of those who discover the will of God? Whenever you face any situation, need to relate to God's perspective. Need to relate to God's point of view. Then, you can grow up together with God. God always protect you. Always you can communicate with God wherever you go. But God is God. And then myself is myself. Then, even though since you joined church 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, you are still insist on your own self. Never grow up. Why? You do not know how to utilize. You do not know, you do not know, you're never thinking, what is God's point of view? Feel your sons and daughters, always thinking, centering on parents' point of view. That's why we need to have training. Training. Witnessing training. Witnessing training means what? How to love people. You know, to love people, I need to understand that person's situation, wishes, and problems, what is his good point, what is his weak point, I need to know everything. That's why witnessing is the training, how to, tra how to love people. Without witnessing, without training, how to love people, it is impossible to know God's perspective. We can say it simply, living for the sake of others. The more I live for the sake of others through the self-denial and gradually and gradually understand Jesus' heart, understand true parents' heart, understand even 
God's sorrow for heart. Self-denial means, living for the sake of others means, need to self-deny yourself first. Self-denial first. Oh, my brother says, it's our life of faith is not a simple matter. We need to have, we need the way of thinking, always the same as God's perspective, and also others' point of view. This is the way to discover the will of God. Thank you very much.